Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go to the Word of God. Um, we're going to look at Luke chapter 6. We're going to start there. We're talking about giving. We're talking about, um, we're talking about giving. The, see, the Lord wants us to be generous. Amen. You don't have to be rich to be generous, y'all. And, um, and I'm not promising you that your generosity will lead to riches either. But it would lead to obeying God. Amen. And so we're going to look at some verses of Scripture to go along with that. Remember, we talked about the tithe. The tithe belongs to the Lord. That's what we teach. Abraham tithe. Um, Abraham tithe before there was a law. Moses taught tithe in the law. Jesus mentioned it as well. So it's one of those things that we do that um, to, to support the ministry, to keep things going. It's tradition, but it works. If you don't like the tithe because 10% is not enough, you should give more than 10%. Go ahead and do that. Amen. Amen. But we also believe in tithing and offering. So we, we, set, we set aside 10% that belongs to the Lord, and we treat it like you treat your taxes. You know how your taxes are paid, and some of you allow your money to be taken out of your paycheck before you even get it. So Sam can get a portion of that. Uncle Sam, right? So the government can get a portion of that. Uncle Sam in New Jersey and whoever else you pay taxes to. If you work in the city, you pay, you know, you pay taxes to three states, two states. Amen? Amen. So you need, to, you need to treat that the same way. The, the other thing you need to do, you need to pay yourself. Amen. You need to put some money aside. You need to invest in yourself and your future. Put some money aside somewhere. Some, I don't mean underneath your mattress and stuff like that. All right? You know, you, the, the money you put in the bank is insured up to a certain amount of money. Okay? So you need to pay yourself. Okay? And you need to pay your debts. Lord have mercy. Pay the debt. Okay? You owe the bank. You owe the government. You owe the hospital. Whoever you owe. Don't owe no hospital because they're mean. When they, those collectors are horrible. I mean, they I'd rather have the bank call me than the hospital collector. Because those folks, are, they, they're just awful. I don't know where they find these people. <laughs> but anyhow, pay your debt. Don't hide from your debtors. Run to your debtor. That's right. Don't, make, don't let them call you. Call them. Say, I don't have the money, but this is what I'm going to send you. Say, no, Mr. Faison, we have to have X amount of dollars. Say, no problem. And just send them what you got. <laughs> Don't argue with these people. They're not going to refuse it. They're not going to refuse that, that, that portion that you send them. It's not enough, but it's some. And you have to pay your debtors. So, so do those things, folks. And you have to deny yourself sometime some some luxuries and some some goodies and stuff like that, because you have to get out of debt, man. You, you know, the Bible says the, the, the borrower is servant to the lender, right? So you have to pay those things off. And if you owe people, you need to pay them too. Cop a plea with them. Say, dude, I know I owe you X amount of dollars. I'm going to give it to you. But take this for right now, you know, and stuff like that. Because, you know, hopefully... You don't do any stuff from loan sharks, you know, and people who break fingers and stuff like that. You don't do that kind of thing. 
but if you borrow money from a hater, they're going to hate on you a long time. Especially if they're related to you. All right? And they're going to tell you, you're supposed to be a Christian, you can't even pay you, you know, you owe me money, you can't even pay, stuff like that. So anyhow, so that's what you got to do. Pay the Lord, pay your debts, pay yourself. Okay? And if you don't have enough money to do all that, pay the Lord and pay your debts. And hopefully you'll catch up to yourself later. I'm serious, y'all. All right, let's see what the Bible says. Okay, in Luke chapter 6, we're talking, it's the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is talking to the um, people paying attention to him. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says some crazy stuff like love your enemies and do good to those who do bad to you and then bless those that curse you. Crazy stuff, right? Stuff that goes against how we're built. But we're, because we're trying to be Christians, we do things differently from what we used to do. Amen? And here's one of the other things he says, right? In verse 27 he says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them which despitefully use you. Now some of y'all got people in your mind right now. Those are the ones the Lord wants you to pray for and be nice to. And unto him that smite thee on one cheek, offer also the other cheek. Let me explain this to you real quick. It doesn't mean that you let people beat you down. He's talking about folks being brought up before the council, folks being persecuted for, for their religion, for Christians, for Christ's sake, and they smite you. He said, turn the other cheek. That's what it means by turning the other cheek. Nowhere in the scripture does it tell you to take a beating. Okay? Unless you, um, only if you're, doing this because of your um, you're being persecuted for righteousness sake alright but you know the Lord don't tell you to take that from a bully amen alright and so um, this is Pastor Faison talking right and I, I'm going to take the liberty defend yourself alright don't take that stuff from these people Amen? Even, even in our history, in our recent history, and the folks who were um, protesting and, and working towards civil rights, okay, they, they were, they were uh, what you call nonviolent. All right? Dr. King taught nonviolence. And because of the stance they was taking, they, they received a lot of, lot of hardship and some physical abuse, all right? All right, now that's a different situation. And they also, you know, participated in civil disobedience. So they got locked up and accused and stuff like that, those kind of things. We're not talking about that. You know, though, though that's different, okay? That's different because of the cause they was fighting for and the way they fought in a nonviolent way to get those things. But I'm talking about that, 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 almost called them a name, that, that individual that keeps messing with you, all right, or that group of individuals that keep messing with you, um, the Bible doesn't say you have to take that, okay? The Bible doesn't say that you lay down and take a beating 
you know, except for like what Dr. King and them did, and if those who are being persecuted for for Christians, they, they brought up before authorities and stuff like that. All right? Amen. And we don't teach that to our children. And if you're not sure, you come tell somebody. Amen. We don't, we, I'm going way off track, but I'll get back to the money. You don't, you don't take abuse and keep it a secret. You hear what I'm saying? If you're feeling threatened, if you're abused physical and verbal, don't keep that a secret. You got to tell somebody. Because that thing will never stop. And don't believe it's your fault either. Even though some people got too much mouth. But that's no excuse to take a beating. Hear what I'm saying? So if there's any of that going on in your life, you let somebody know. If you can't tell anybody, come tell me. All right? I mean, especially you women. You have, if you have brothers and cousins and dads and uncles, you, if, don't, if you don't have that, you got the church, man. Let somebody know. Amen. Do not suffer abuse. Don't, don't be turning the cheek and that man backhand you. That's not, what the, that's not Bible. Okay? No, 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 no. And don't keep that a secret. But I love him. Yeah, well, you can love them. And love people who, who, people you love need discipline. Amen? I told y'all before, I got some cousins. <laughs> I got some cousins, man. And one of my cousins, you know, husband wasn't doing right by him, by her. And my brother and my cousin, they had an all-point bulletin out for this man. Because you're not supposed to do that. Okay? So when we talk about turning the cheek, now, I didn't mean to go this way, but we're here. We're, we're only talking about those being brought up before the council, those being accused of being a Christian, and that kind of stuff. Okay? We're not talking about just somebody whooping on you. No way, no how. If you can't defend yourself, get some help. But don't keep it a secret. I'm trying to get down to here, but I, sh I, I shouldn't. Where am I? Okay, here we go. Let me finish reading verse 29. And unto him that smite thee on one cheek, offer also the other cheek. Let him that takes away thy cloak, forbid him not to take thy coat also. See, these are people who are being persecuted. They're under Roman rule, and what's happening that the Romans did some horrible things. Okay? And, um, and so Jesus is saying, if they ask for your cloak, give them the shirt too. Give, give them both pieces. Okay? But here's what I wanted to get to. Verse 30, give to every man that asks thee. <laughs> Y'all want me to read that again? <laughs> look, look, look at your Bible, your tablet, your phone, and see if it's really there. <laughs> see if it's really there. I'm not making this up. Give to every man that asks thee, and of him that takes away thy goods, ask them not again. It's actually there, right? I'm not making this stuff up. And as ye would that men would do unto you, 
do ye unto them likewise. That's, that's, people call that the golden rule. So it says, give the people to ask. The Lord is teaching us to be generous. First, he's teaching us to be good to these awful people, right? To be kind to these haters. He's telling us to do that, right? He says, pray for them. And you, when you pray for them, you don't pray that God beat them up and get them and take them down. You pray that they be converted. Okay? I mean, we want God to beat them up and take them down too. But we're not going to ask for that. We're going to pretend to be righteous Christians and ask for the right thing, at least with our mouths. And we're going to pray for ourselves, Lord, you know I'm not right. I am not right in this area. What I really want is to see that man suffer. I want him to be hurt. I want some vindication. I want some revenge. I want, I want to be avenged, right? And if that's your prayer, you can pray that and ask God and repent and ask God to help you with it. But your Bible says to pray to do good to them and be nice to them and be generous and stuff like that. And so, Lord, you're going to have to help me do that because I don't want to do it. Y'all don't know how to pray, do you? That's how you talk to God. You say, I don't want to. Even Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Come on now. So that's how you have to pray, and you keep on praying, and Lord will help you. He will help. If you have a mind to do right, do it. Right? Pray. You know, commit your works unto the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. Sometimes you have to force yourself to do the right thing, even though it's not in your heart. And if you do the right thing, if you commit that work to him, that action, if you commit that action to him, your heart, your mind will catch up to you eventually. All right, but look what it says. Give to every man that asks. That means every person, of course. And of him that takes away thy goods, ask them not. He's saying don't try to get them back. Again, we're talking to a people under Roman rule, under Roman domination, and they took advantage of them, all right? And do unto others as you will have them do unto you. All right, so the Lord is telling us to be generous. And then talks about, he talks about love here. You know, what, what benefit is it that you love the people that love you? That's no big deal, right? When you go down further down to verse 36, it says, Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Okay? Judge not that you be not judged. Condemn not that you won't be condemned. Forgive and ye shall be forgiven. The Lord teaches us to forgive. Forgive those haters. Forgive that person. But pastor, you don't know what they did to me. And that's true. I don't know. But you, pastor, you don't understand. That's right. I don't understand. I don't feel what you're feeling. I don't know what you went through. Right? You can tell me about it, but I don't know what that's like. Right? But the Bible asks us to, tells us to forgive. And to forgive means that you don't hold the grudge. Oh, but I got an issue. I got a real condition. I got something going on. And I've been going to the doctors for it. And I've been going to the counselors for it. I've been going to this one for it. Lord, and, and you just want me to just let it go? I don't want you to let it go. Jesus wants you to let it go. Right? I want you to take him to court and sue him for everything you can get. But Jesus said, let it. He said, be merciful. Judge not. Forgive. Jesus said this stuff. 
So that's what we have to try to do, y'all. And if we try to do it, we'll accomplish that. Look what it says here in verse 38. Give and that shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured unto you again. So he's saying, be generous. He said, you give and you receive. You know, now, I'm not telling you that you're going to give your way into prosperity like some people teach. I can't make that promise. But I can, tell, I can just read what it says. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Now, I don't believe in karma, but I know that true that um, whatsoever man sowed, that shall he also reap. Man, woman, child. Okay, matter of fact, we're going to read that scripture to you in a minute. All right? So this is what the Bible teaches us to do. No matter what the results are, right, despite the results and despite your expectations, this is what the word teaches us to do. It teaches us to forgive, it teaches us to love, be merciful, forgive, and be generous. That's what it teaches us to do. And that's what we have to accomplish in our life. That's what we have to try to do. And the Lord will help us do it. Here's where you say amen. The Lord will help us do it. Say amen again. We got it. He, he needs to help us, Hazel, because I can't do it on my own. Right? So he will help me to be this person. Okay? He also helped me to be honest when I want to lie. All right? He'll help me to show some restraint when I want to go across the line. He will help me do that. He'll help me to resist the temptation because he'll make a way of escape for me. So I won't be tempted above what I'm able. He will help us to do whatever he tells us to do, no matter how ridiculous it sounds to us. And some of this stuff seems ridiculous. So I ain't going to forgive him. After what he did, I'm going to hold this grudge till he die. No, that's not Bible. That's not Bible. Bible teaches us to forgive. Say, Lord, help me to forgive that individual. Right? Help me. Help me to let it go. Heal me of the hurt and the pain and the suffering. I need your help. You need to go in your closet and cry unto the Lord. You need to get somebody to pray with you. Confess your faults to one another. Pray for one another that you might be healed. You know, we need help. And we're here to help each other, and the Lord's going to be our help, too. Amen? Amen. But give. And if you give, the Bible says it'll be given back to you. Amen? Let's look at Galatians chapter 6. Amen. Galatians chapter 6, we're going to start around verse 7. You know, this may seem a little self-serving just before the month of March, but I don't care. I don't care anymore. <laughs> and since I'm being self-serving, let's look at verse 6. Let him that teach in the word communicate. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. 
The word communicate means to share, y'all. Okay? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. In other words, what goes around comes around. What you give, you're going to receive, and stuff like that. Well, I don't believe in karma, but I do believe in reaping and sowing. For he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Okay? Now, listen. Um, this is not saying that you got to sow to have everlasting life. Because when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, when you, when, the, when you gave your heart to Jesus, you have everlasting life right then. Okay? Whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Okay? Now, what it's saying, though, is that when you sow to the flesh, uh, when you sow to the natural things, um, the natural things are going to go away. But when you sow to spiritual things, those things are going to last. All right? So, so let's take your money, for instance. And when you buy stuff with your money, the stuff that you buy is going to disappear one day, and you're going to leave, or you're going to leave it for somebody else. Don't be like that guy that Jesus talked about in the story who had such a good harvest that his barn wasn't big enough to store everything, so he built a bigger barn. Dude built a bigger barn to store all his stuff, all his crops, and then when he's finished building the barn, the word of the Lord came unto him and said, you fool, today you're going to die, and who's going to get all your stuff? All right? So it's better that that person save, that he gave some and saved some. It was better for him to do it that way. Amen? Then to just hoard everything. Don't be a hoarder. That's not healthy. Amen? Ooh. I don't want, I'm, I'm, ooh, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here. I got to talk to myself sometimes. Okay, let me go back to the book. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to the flesh shall reap of the flesh. He that sows to the spirit shall, shall reap of the spirit everlasting life. So when, you, when, you, when you're giving your offerings and when you're giving your charities and things like that, you're sowing to the spirit. You really are. All right? And those things are going to add to your everlasting life, but they're not going to buy you everlasting life because you can't buy that. You only get that from Jesus when he saves you. Verse 9, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. See, because y'all been talking this reaping and sowing for a long time, Pastor, and I don't see it. Uh-huh. I've been sowing for a long time, and I don't see no reaping. And the Bible says here, don't be weary and well-doing. In other words, keep doing what you're doing. You shall reap if you don't faint. Don't faint. It's going to come. It's going to come. And maybe it has already come, but it hasn't come in the form of cash money. Okay? Maybe it came in the form of favor. Maybe it came in the form of promotion. But whatever, just don't give up on it. Okay? Oh, let me read verse 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. That means all people. Especially them who are of the household of faith. Especially you folks. Ain't that a beautiful thing? Okay, let's look at Philippians chapter 4. Stay with me now. 
Philippians, two books over from Galatians, Philippians chapter 4. Paul's writing to the church at Philippi, and this is one of the this is one of the few letters that there's not a rebuke in it. But he's also thanking them for their generosity. All right? Because you know Paul's a missionary. Paul's on the road. Paul is traveling. Paul's going here and there, preaching to everybody he could get their attention. You know, whether they want whether they're Jews or Gentiles or whatever their religions were or the things they believed. He took the opportunity to preach everywhere he could. And he went to jail for it a couple of times. And he, according to history, he was also executed because he preached that gospel. All right? And he's talking to the folks at Philippi. And we're going to start down here at verse 10. Chapter 4, verse 10. Look what it says here. It says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care for me has flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. He says, you wanted to take care of my need, you wanted to help me out, but you didn't have the opportunity, but now you have. Not that I speak in respect of want or lack, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I am instructed both to be full and be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Paul says, it's not because I have a great need, but because I, I learned how to live without. I learned how to live with it, and I learned how to live without it. And he says, I learned how to be content. That's a lot of learning, y'all. Uh-huh. That man says, I know how to do with, and I know how to do without. And that's, we don't want to learn that lesson. Let's be honest. I don't want to learn how, the, and some of us learned it already because we grew up without. Amen? Some of us grew up without, and, and I was so shocked one day, my sister told me that she didn't realize that we were poor. We were sure not poor. We were the working poor. Uh-huh. Some of y'all can relate to that. Amen. But um, she said, I, I kind of knew. And I'm four years younger than she is. Anyhow. But, but we learned, we, you know, some of us have already learned how, you know, during the great, um, um, I almost said tribulation, depression. <laughs> during the depression. Black folk weren't killing themselves because they, they learned how to do without. They've been doing without for a long time. In, in the 20s, you kidding me? Those 20s weren't always roaring. You know, black folk were doing without for a long time. Uh-huh. But let's see. Let's, I'm sorry. Let's get back to this. Paul, is, is he's celebrating these people because they because they shared with him. They supported him in the ministry. Look what it says here. Verse 13, he says, I can do all things with, through Christ which strengthens me. This is a, a scripture that's taken out of context all the time. Right? You don't stand on the basketball court, bounce the ball, 
said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. He, he, he's not going to strengthen everybody to dunk the ball. He might strengthen a couple of folk, but he's not going to strengthen everybody who dunk the, to dunk the ball. You know? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you stand in front of the bully and says, ha-ha. <laughs> you know, you're going you're gonna to play David and Goliath. And much as I don't want you to take down and be picked on, don't start no fight either. Don't start the fight. Don't do it. Don't, don't start the trouble. Amen? So what Paul, when he says, I can do all things, he's talking about learning how to abound and how to abase. I can live large and I can live small. That's what he's saying. That's the, strength, that's the, the things he could do through Christ who strengthens him. And Christ doesn't strengthen us to do everything we want to do. Sometimes it's not the Lord, it's just us. And he's not going to help us do it. Okay? But look right here. Verse 14, this is what I want to get to. Notwithstanding, ye have done well that ye did communicate with my affliction. You know, he's been in, he's been in prison a lot, and folks have supported him. Communicate means share. Okay? Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. So you're the only ones that sent, that sent offerings to me. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. So when you give and when you share and when you support, there's fruit that abounds to your account, according to Paul, okay? He's not that greedy guy saying, send us this and I'm going to send you that. And, you know, and this is going to bless you. He's not, he's not manipulating us. He's not saying that, oh, if you send me an offering, you, you're going to get this right away. This is going to happen to you. And if you send me an offering, you're going to get healed. He's not saying those things. But he is saying that there's fruit. There is a benefit. He's saying there's a benefit to offerings and to giving and to sharing. He's saying there's a benefit to that. And he's not making some promise that um, if you do this, this is what's going to happen to you like that individual on TV. Individuals on TV. Because it costs a lot to be on TV, y'all. It costs a lot to be on TV. And so they need to raise money all the time. We need to raise money all the time, too, don't we? Uh, look what it says here. Okay. Verse 17. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have, I have all and abound I am full, having received from Ephroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. So according to the Apostle Paul and the Holy Spirit right here, he's saying these things are well-pleasing to God. It's like a sacrifice. We don't do bulls and goats and animals and stuff, all right? We give the sacrifice of praise, okay? And we give offerings. Verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need. 
according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, see, what Paul is saying here is that the Lord's going to meet your need, right? And see, the, see, the reason why you want to be blessed and the reason why you want to prosper financially is so you can share. It's not so you can just be fat and happy, you know? It's so you can share. I mean, you want more than enough? Yes, you do. You want more than enough so you can share. Some of us want more than enough just so we can have more than enough. But it's not so we can be, sh um, so we can boast on it and so we can do all these different things. It's also so we can share. You want, you want to live abundantly, and abundantly is not necessarily about money. All right? Because everybody in the church should be rich. But that's not biblical either. Rich is a relative term, by the way. You take your, you take your New Jersey, New York wage or income and move to some place in Europe, Africa, Asia, yeah, South America, different places. You're a rich person. Heck, my brother took his New Jersey pension and moved to Virginia. And that's like getting a raise. Because the cost of living is different. All right? So it's a relative term. It really is. Okay? So when you rah-rah and root for those football players and you say, so-and-so deserves a big bonus, right? <laughs> Even if he doesn't get the bonus, he's still rich. Compared to the folks watching him on TV. Uh-huh. But that's all right. We're not going to talk about that now. Football season's over. Uh, what are we saying? We're saying here that, that the Lord wants us to handle our business. He wants us to be good stewards. We, we pay him, pay our debtors, and share. And pay yourselves, too, and share. Right? Share what you have. Be wise. Remember the talents, the, the, the parable of the talents. The guy went away. He left his servants. He gave his servants, three servants, money. And they were supposed to do something with the money. It wasn't their money. It was his money. But they were stewards over the money. And they were in charge of the money. And two of the three invested the money and came back with a return to give back to the owner. One guy, out of fear and ignorance, took the whatever little bit of money the owner gave him and just hid it and gave it back to him. And the owner rebuked him, called him a name, and said that you should at least put it in the bank. I would have got a little bit of interest. At least. You know? And then took it from him and gave it to the other guy. Right? It wasn't, hit, it wasn't the, the servant's money, but they were in charge of the money. And they were able to spend the money as they pleased and raise more money. What you have, you think is yours, but it really isn't. It belongs to the Lord. Your money, your house, your ride, your possessions, you are stewards of all these things. Despite how you achieved it, you are stewards. The real owner is the Lord because he owns you and your soul too. Right? 
He also owns those kids you're raising. Amen. And you are stewards. And as stewards, we have to do right by what he, um, we have to manage his possessions. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you a story about a good steward? Okay, let me, I'll do this real quick. Um, remember Joseph? Y'all read about Joseph, the son of Jacob? Joseph, the young brother who the bro big brothers hated him because he was his father's um, favorite, right? You know, they had, they had a real dysfunctional family. And, and so Joseph was sold into slavery. They wanted to kill him, but they sold him into slavery. And eventually he made it to the prisons because he was accused of messing around with Mrs. Potiphar, which he really didn't do. Remember a story like that? And Mrs. Potiphar accused him. And so, um, so he was put in prison. And while he's in prison, he interpreted the cover of the dreams. Right? And one of the guys who got out of prison uh, worked for the king. And, and the king had a dream and says, oh, I know this guy 13 years later. I know this guy um, who, could, who could tell you what the dream is. And so they pulled Joseph out of prison, and he interprets the king's dream. And the king had a dream, and there was um, seven healthy cows and seven scrawny cows, and the scrawny cows ate the healthy cows. That's an awful scene, you know. And so he didn't understand what it meant. And so Joseph went to the Lord and found out and said, the Lord, King, you know, what's going to happen? You're going to have seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. And Joseph said, what you should do is in the seven years of plenty, you should store the stuff up. Right? Store, you know what he did? He says, what you do, you make the people give it to you. you because he was the ruler of the world. So you make the people give you stuff, give you a portion of their goods during the seven years of plenty and you store it up. And then during the seven years of famine, you know what you do? You sell it back to them. That's some good stewardship, y'all. The king said, hey, I don't have anybody smart as you in my kingdom. I might as well put you in charge of this. Gave him a robe, gave him a ring, his second in command in the kingdom. And Joseph saved his family because of his good stewardship, right? Because Pharaoh did exactly what he said. He collected stuff from the people. I'm going to take from you and you and you. I'm going to take from all y'all. And then when you're needy and desperate and the famine's coming, I'll sell it back to you. That's a plan. Mike, that's a business plan. If you, if you, if you know the future. You can have a plan like that, too. What we're saying, stewardship. We're talking about stewardship here. Man, y'all need to read that in Genesis. It's there. I'm not making this stuff up. We need to be good stewards of what the Lord has given us. Amen. I want to encourage you um, to be generous. I want to encourage you to give, and it shall be given. It really shall be given out to you. I want to encourage you to don't be weary and well-doing. You shall reap. You shall reap. Eventually, I know God takes a long time sometimes, but you're going to get it. He's going to do what he says, even if, even if it seems like he's not showing up. He will do what he said he'd do. Amen? Amen. So hopefully you don't have to repent. But if you do, because you've been a miser and you've been stingy or you've been greedy, we, have, we serve a forgiving God. 
if you've been cheating, cheating on your taxes, cheating on your family financially, or in, in front terms of time, and you know, repent. The Lord forgives that stuff. Amen. If you've been lying to the church, so what do you mean lying to the church? Oh, I'll tell you what I mean. You, you put the certain amount on the tithe, which indicates that it's 10% of what you receive. But you know that's not really 10%. That's not a real tithe. Right? You need to put that in another category. Because you're not tithing. Okay? You need to put that in another category. That's what I mean by lying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, because if I said, I think I said last week, if you did the, the, um, the statements are coming out, and it says tithe, and it says $500, that's an indication that all you made was $5,000 in that year or that time period. Now, if that's all you had was $5,000 and you gave $500, you did well. Oh, my goodness. That's outstanding. But you know, if you did more than $5,000 and you gave up $500, you did not tithe unto the Lord. Okay? Now, am I running the guilt trip on you? No. Because guilt trips don't work on you people. I tried it before. It doesn't work. I'm just telling you what's up. You, if, if the Lord numbers the hairs on your head for the folks who have that, he knows what's in your bank account. He knows what's on your pay stub. He knows what you got and what's coming to you. We don't know. And honestly, we don't care to know. But the Lord knows. So it's between you and your God. Amen. Amen. I do want to end this on a positive note. And the positive note is that God forgives. He forgives all manner of sin. Amen. So let's stand together in the forgiveness of the Lord, thanking him for his grace and mercy towards us. And we're going to be gracious and merciful too. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise. Let's clap our hands to the Lord, all you people. We want, to, we want to pray. We want to pray for anybody who wants to come to faith in Jesus Christ. We want to pray for anyone who has an issue that they need someone to stand with them in prayer. Sometimes we need help, right? I have a prayer request, Pastor, and I need somebody to pray with me, all right? And sometimes I have a prayer request. I don't want to tell you what it is, but um, I need prayer. And that's okay. We'll trust you. We'll trust God. Lord knows what it is, all right? And he'll help us work it out. Amen. So if the altar is available, we want you to come. We want you to come. If you desire prayer, come. If you don't know Jesus Christ, it's just a matter of trusting him. Come to him in faith. And he, rec he receives you. He receives you. The, um, the ministers are here. The deacons are here. We're going to pray with you.